0: How long are you planning on this? Blog talk Radio.
1: This is Jay Lethal, the undisputed champion of the wrestling world. This is John Solomon. is Bab Zayeg Michael Thompson talking to phenomenal
2: AJ Styles. This Jerry Charles Johnson. Psycho Killer Tomasa Champa. This
1: is Matt Blair. Thank you for listening to Sportscast Radio. Sportscast Radio. Welcome to Sportscast Radio.
2: you hear me yeah i got you <laughs> i was i was totally talking the whole time that it was dead silence only to realize that it was still loading it did not bring me back in i had a smooth ass intro right there dang
0: it's okay man though. too bad i missed yeah too bad i missed
2: it <laughs> well that's how we do it familiar voices all these guys nick Hayward in this in the in the booth he's rocking on his end of the connection here we're excited Second show in two days here, in three days talking sportscast We've a little hiatus, WrestleCast has kind of took over, there's been so much going on in wrestling, but I'll tell you what, this NBA season is so gangster right now, and I had to get Nick on with me, because I got some time to kill, still in my hotel, and I want to talk basketball, if there's one guy that I like talking basketball, with, it, is, it is the realest one, himself, Nick Hangberg, Nick, what is going on, sir?
0: Yeah, it's, yeah, it's good to be back talking some hoops. You know, uh, I think the last time I was on was that uh, what was it the NBA off season? I think ironically the you know a few days before LeBron announced his uh, you know departure from Cleveland. Ironically, <laughs> we're back on the uh, on the night that he returns. So yes, yes,
2: and and I was nervous for a second there. I'm like, man, if they blow this game. I'm going to be so pissed <laughs> cuz I was I needed them to essentially win this game to come on with with uh, you know more fuel than what I normally have but I just I got to ask you this real quick right off the bat cuz I want to we're going to break down some teams we're going to talk Golden State, Boston, Minnesota, Washington, uh some of the problem teams like that. Got to talk some Lakers here as there's a lot going on here. But this is something I brought up to Alex the other day and he he kind of went with it, but he was kind of, kind of, you know, in his own little area with what we were talking about it. And I think my, my question turned into a tangent because it turned into like a mini argument. And because of that, we really didn't kind of resolve where I was going with this. But if you look at the Western conference, obviously I had said when we talked on our off season special, I said, look, I'm telling you, LeBron's coming to LA. This team goes 500. I'm going to be excited. Some people thought maybe a seventh seed. Maybe they sneak into the playoffs. You know, last year it was, I think, 46 game Between 48 and 46 was the three and eight seed. So it was very tight last year. We know what you need to be in the playoffs in the West. But I'll tell you what, am I crazy, Nick, the fact that I think, judging by the way the Lakers have figured out they've won eight of their last ten, um, you know, after starting two and five and they've beaten the teams they they should be beaten and, you know, including Portland twice, so they haven't beaten since Kobe was here. Am I crazy to think that this team could be a two seed?
0: No, I don't think so at all. I mean, if you like, I think the most shocking thing about the first month of this NBA season is really how, you know, all these teams that we thought were going to be, you know, Near the top of each conference. I mean, you think about, uh, you know, Golden State, Houston. It's like in, uh, well, and even New Orleans to some extent. You know, they had some high expectations after, um, even at Utah, even yeah, and uh, and obviously, you know, the drama going on, and obviously here in Minnesota and everything with the whole Jimmy <laughs> Butler saga. But we'll get into that later. But yeah, I mean, I I, I mean, I think that the you know, really, it's I, I think the Lakers, everything's clicking at the right time for them. You know, there's not really any teams running away with it in the West. And, you know, you, you got to remember, they still got the best player in the world on their side. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I think that is kind of a stretch to say, maybe, you know, a two seed, you know, just considering they got a lot of young players still. And a lot of them haven't played in meaningful games down the stretch. But, but yeah, I think, you know, I think things are looking a lot better than they did. If you would have talked to me two weeks ago. Yeah. I mean,
2: it you know, <laughs> When, when, Even on paper going into the season, it was like, well, everyone's like, how how is he going to win on the Lakers? Well, if you take the Cleveland team and the Lakers and take LeBron off of both, people don't seem to realize that that Lakers team on paper is better than the Cavs team. I mean, I'll take that team all
0: day. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like... I mean, just look at what Cleveland's done right now. I mean, they're, I mean, they're an absolute dumpster fire. Like, I mean, to a point where J.R. Smith even said goodbye without even, I, I mean, I don't, like, just abruptly. And I, I mean, it's a total dysfunction there. I mean, it's, I mean, Kevin Love's not playing. You got to wonder really, you know, is he really injured that better, is he just sitting out because, you know, I mean, this is almost like a tank for Zion type of, you know, <laughs> like so I mean, <laughs> I, already, I mean, I mean, what, we're almost, you know, 20 games in and I, do you even see the team winning 15 games? If oh all is out. I mean, I mean, it's, I mean, it's horrible. Like, I, it's, you, you know, and I think in comparison, like the Atlanta Hawks, you know, they have a similar record, but I mean, at least Atlanta has, you know, some young talent there, but I mean, Cleveland, I mean, they got, I mean, even the that rookie, booty. Colin Sexton. I mean, Colin Sexton, I mean, people were even talking about questioning this guy's basketball IQ and his ability to play. I mean, I mean, when you're 20 games into your NBA career and, you're, and your teammates are questioning whether or not you can play and you're supposed to be a franchise player, you know what I mean? And he's standing on the podium the night they drafted, telling LeBron, let's do this, you know, let, 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 let's get back to the finals. I mean, I mean, what is this dude
3: doing? It, it, it's just, it, Is
2: it's Cleveland crazy. fans blaming Colin Sexton for, Paul George, by the way, just got the inbound and did an unnecessary spin move in the backcourt when not one person was by him with the ball. I just looked up and saw that on the TV. Um, do Cleveland fans blame Colin Sexton for leaving after he, uh, uh, approach to LeBron you know it, with the, the words of let's get back to the finals and the and I like no <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah yeah
0: no I just could I, I mean you know I mean the kid I mean the, to be honest with you like you know what are you supposed to say after you get drafted I mean a lot of these yeah. guys are just you know they're awkward as hell they don't know what to say I mean I remember yeah, I, I mean I, just, I mean just cringy stuff like I mean that's kind of what the NBA draft's about just talking to these guys and you know, I mean, they're going to an absolute dumpster fire organization, and they're, you know, you know, you got the PR guy talking to you one ear and saying, "Oh yeah, you know, you gotta, you gotta say this," but, um, but I mean, yeah, but but to say that, and I, I just, I, I always thought that was kind of humorous. And now the fact that his teammates are questioning whether or not he can play, um, yeah, I don't know. When I don't live in Cleveland. I don't know.
2: You don't draft a NBA player from Alabama. I guess you let you just stick to the NFL. Apparently with that well,
3: that's
0: cool. I mean, Yeah, no, it's been a rough week for that city. I mean they're t- like even their football team's talking about a former Secretary of State being the next head coach, I think. It's been a rough week for them.
2: <laughs> yeah, shout out to the Cleveland Browns fans. Condoleezza, Yeah, yeah. Condole- <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, I it's been, it's been
0: a, well, I'm telling you, man, it's it's been a rough week for that city, but uh It's yeah, you know, know. In
2: the two and fourteen Cavs, I think it gets rougher for it. I, I pulled up not not to keep talking about the Cavs because 'cause they're in such a dumpster fire like you said, but their next six games are at Philly, at home against Houston, home against Minnesota, at OKC, at Boston and then home against Toronto. They might start point yeah,
0: one? Oh yeah, yeah, it might be almost a repeat of the um of the New Jersey Nets, I think. What what year was that? Like was it 2009-2010 when they started like I don't know, like 2 and 30 or something and people are talking are these <laughs> – you you know and I remember I remember because I uh, I was because they were so bad and I I almost made it a point to follow them every single game and uh, I remember when they won their tenth game, it was a huge deal. Like you know they, so they so you, you you know confetti drops down on the I mean streamers <laughs> or whatever. You, you know the announcers saying like. The Nets got ten, and, every, and all the fans are going nuts. And uh, you know, it was it was a beautiful moment for that team. And I think the Cleveland, um, unfortunately, they're going to be celebrating their tenth win um, later on in the year. It's going to be a big deal when they do it.
2: Oh, they're they're in for a, a whirlwind of hurt with how bad that team is. But you know, go, going back to the, the the number two thing that I said, obviously, when it's all said and done, we know Golden State's your one. I don't think anybody can. You know, can dispute it. They're a half game on a first right now. But realistically, like I mentioned, you know, f- Portland's 12 and 6. Two of those losses came to L.A. Portland doesn't scare me right now. Memphis 12 and 5. They, it's a whole bunch of random type players. Wayne Selden, guys like that put in there with, with Mark who's who's had a rough time. Mike Conley, who can't stay healthy. I mean, it's bound to implode, I'm sure. But we'll see what happens with it. The Clippers 11-6, and six, I mean, yes, Montrezl Harrell might be your sixth man of the year, him or Lou Will. And, you know, they're, they're making the, the the teams like uh, Detroit and Houston look goofy for the trades that they made because maybe they did come out in Dallas by letting DeAndre Jordan walk over to them. So I give them credit that, that th- these moves are working, but I, I don't see them holding it out. OKC doesn't scare me. Denver's already coming back down to reality. And then Houston's, you know, who knows? They're nine and seven. It's It's—it's one of those things where, you know, when then you got the top down, San Antonio and Utah, maybe come back to the pack. New Orleans maybe does, but I mean, Sacramento's over 500. That's not going to last. And realistically, this West just doesn't scare me. If, if you talk to me in October, I'm going, my God, they're not going to make the playoffs even. But now I'm going, bring everybody on. I'm not scared of nobody.
0: Right. Yeah. And I think, one, well, I think the key thing is this year too, um, the NBA this year has been so high scoring. I mean, I mean, like, I mean, just look at, you know, points per game um, that each team is putting up. And I think that, you know, as the season goes on and teams start to figure out um, themselves defensively, because cause, uh, if you think about a lot about a lot of, of defenses, team chemistry, you know and 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 really i mean if you look at teams like Houston and um you know Golden State and um Boston right now i think a lot of that is you know they have they, i mean they have issues um internally and i think that you know as they get you know the chemistry rolling or whatever that's when you start to see the defense go turn around um and like for instance you know i'm looking at you know defensive efficiency right now and uh you know the team that's nearly dead last is the Washington Wizards. And if you look at Washington, I mean, if you look at their players offensively, I mean, they don't have scrubs like Otto Porter, Bradley Beal, John Wall, um, you know, all very good players. And, and I think the laps in defense is just chemistry issues. And I think that as we go on um, through the season, I think you're going to see a lot of teams figuring themselves out. Um, Cause um, at the end of the day, the, the best teams are going to win, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. and I just think a lot, of teams, and a lot of teams are off to a slow start. And uh, I don't know. But, team, but you know what, though? Teams like Memphis have been a cool story. Um, I, going into the year, I thought they were going to be absolutely terrible, um, like they were last year. And you know what? They, they proved everybody wrong. And um, they're you know, pretty much dictating the tempo in almost every one of their games. And I think it's just really impressive to watch them and uh, just kind of turn things around from last year.
2: Yeah, and if if the formula works, I I think they have a good shot of continuing to doing what they what they're doing, and they stay up there. it just it's it's so it just feels so weird. And you know, the more and more I watch these Lakers, the the, the thing that was killing them at first is they should have won both of those games against San Antonio, but instead they blew the one in overtime. Then LeBron missed the free throws. Two games that they choked away. You know, now that. You, you take those, and now they're twelve and five. They're tied with Memphis for the for the conference. It's that quick. A game. Look at the the Minnesota game. If Butler doesn't hit that three pointer, they beat Minnesota. Another thirteen and four. So suddenly this this two and five Lakers team looks so much different on paper. And I think the one thing that helps them that LeBron is getting out of these guys is he's going. Holy crap! I have young legs that play with me. I'm the most gifted athlete ever. But when I'm playing with Kevin Love, who who looks like a, a you know a brick moving down the court, and Tristan Thompson does do anything, J.R. Smith, right, absolutely, yeah. it's it's one of those things where now he's the Lakers are number one in fast break scoring, and 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 they play with the number one pace in the whole game, and I think that's why they're they're winning is they they figured it out. Let's just start doing it, you know. Lonzo Ball isn't having to worry about the shooting anymore. Like last year where he's taking shots and his shot has gone up because he's had better looks and they're letting him play defense like a Jason kid and guys like Kuzma are getting better shots that way. And, and Josh Hart's getting good shots and Rajon Rondo looks like, like a decent player. And what might be the steal of, of the year so far was that pickup of Tyson Chandler. I mean, he got that block in the Denver game to seal the win. His first game that that he came back in on after they they picked him up, you know, he played like 35 minutes. They have two efficient, mind you, not the greatest centers, but you got two centers that have won rings in JaVale McGee and Tyson Chandler, and they don't have to do anything other than just be a, a body in the paint. And that might be the best role for those guys. And that's how they're going to be efficient. That's how Tyson Tyson Chandler was very efficient in Dallas. Was He had people around him that did everything, and he just took care of that paint. And it's working. I mean, it's it's really working because you're stretching a lot of guys out with the length of Ingram and Kuzma and LeBron and Lonzo all having that length on your other four positions. I'm just I don't know, man. I'm... I'm. I was the guy who said I'm not going to jump on that my normal Lakers high podium and tell everyone how they're going to be the NBA champions and you know blah 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 and tell everyone they're wrong when uh, even though I know I'm the wrong one. But I don't know. I think I maybe wasn't high enough on them.
0: Yeah, and I think um, I think the point you made too that um, that I, I think was a really good point is the fact that you know, LeBron has a lot of young legs on this team and he doesn't have to do all the work like he did in Cleveland. And I think that what you're going to find out um, or what you're going to see rather over the next, in my opinion, over the next three to four years that LeBron is there, I think you're going to see that this team is, um, I, I think this is going to extend the longevity of LeBron's career. I think I think four years from now, we're going to be talking about, while well, this is a guy who is in his mid to late 30s and he's still getting it done. And and that and the reason why is because a lot of these teammates he has or has um, are extremely young players, like first, second, third-year players. And I think that, um, you know, and I remember talking to you back uh, in our off-season show about I was trying to make an argument why LeBron was in Cleveland, but, and I'll even admit, you know, I'll take the L on, on that take I had because what, what I failed to realize is the fact that, you know, this is like a long-term strategic plan that LeBron has with the Lakers. And, I, and you know what? And I think three years from now, and with Golden State kind of, you know, possibly, you know, possibly declining a little bit, I, I think the Lakers three years from now are going to be easily a 60-win team in my opinion.
2: Mm-hmm. And that's, that's where a lot of what's going to come down to, you know, and, and we can even kind of jump around because the Lakers are a big part of this too is how much do you value the youth and how much is the youth going to continue to grow? And I know a lot of people, you know, they've counted Lonzo Ball out from day one because of his dad, which I think is crap, but it is what it is. He's never gotten any trouble. He's never said anything stupid. The coaches don't have any problem with him. His dad's not even in the picture anymore. But people still say, well, LeBron's going to want him to leave. Well, LeBron wants to have mapped out with magic how he can work with all these young kids, and he's proving that point. And and the, the thing that I'm wondering is, if some of these other teams come to the table, how much do you value the youth, and is the youth worth riding? Like, it's, you know, say say you're say you're Rob Pelinka, you go into the offseason. You know, what are your odds you think the Lakers are going to land Clay or or Kawhi or Jimmy Butler or Kevin Durant? You think, next.
0: Um, I don't know. I, I actually, I read a interesting tweet from Jarrett Jack. Um, I think it was about a week ago and I think he he was responding to, uh, he was responding to some fan talking about how the league is, the league is broken and everything. And he kind of replied and he said, Oh, just wait till, um, just wait till Anthony Davis, Durant and LeBron are all on the same team next year. So I thought that was kind of interesting to have an NBA player, you know, come out and say that. Like, I mean, I mean, I'm not saying Jared Jack. I mean, Jared Jack. I'm, I'm sure. You know, he he's not working out with LeBron and KD in the summer. You know, I mean, but but I but I think that it was kind of an interesting point he made, and I think that, you know, I I mean, I I w- I would be shocked if one of the younger players wasn't dealt along the way, but ultimately. Um, I mean, but they have so many young players, though. I mean, but, like, I mean, you have Lonzo Ball and Josh Hart, for instance. Okay, I mean, I mean, you can you can get rid of one of them, and you still got the other guy. It's I, but the thing is, I like about them is they have so much depth on their team, and uh, you know, and I think they have room to add some of these big names down the road. And and, and to your question, do I think they'll add like a Jimmy Butler, Clay Thompson? I, I mean, I don't know if about them specifically, but I I I think that. They're definitely going to add at least one, if not two, pieces of the puzzle, and you know that's why ultimately I think they're going to be a sixty-win team in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And you know, I
2: just I wonder how much you you know the value is, and I think if if I if I really wanted to hold my cards and go for it, I think you don't you don't do anything with Lonzo. You don't do anything with Ingram. You don't do anything with Kuzma. You don't do anything with Josh Hart. You hold all four of them. You go into free agency. You got, you know, $39 million to spend in free agency. I don't know if you saw this, but obviously the whole world's been talking how Draymond and Kevin Durant are going at it, you know, on the court and people aren't getting along and there's turmoil and everything. Max Kellerman was talking about how he saw – I do not I don't I don't think it was a fan cam, but just an alternate camera of when Durant finally walked away from LeBron or I mean uh, um, Draymond was that like a week ago when they fought, a week or two ago when they were on the court fighting. But yeah, I think so. He walked away from Draymond, and Draymond you can see is yelling, "We won," you know, "We don't we won without you," or whatever, you know. So it doesn't matter, you know, whatever you say. And you could see Durant, and I don't remember the exact words, but basically mouthed, "Don't worry, you're, I won't even, I won't be here next year to deal with," or some something along the lines like, "I won't have to deal with this crap next year." So yeah, I, and I don't know if that's just you know he's mad and he's blowing steam, but I mean if if you have a Kevin Durant literally saying, "I don't have to deal with this crap next year," if you're KD what's the one team you want to go to, to try to stick it to the, to the Warriors. If you're already pissed at them, it's going to play with LeBron.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that it really, I think it's going to come for KD. I could really see two scenarios happening. I think, I think the most likely scenario is him going to the Lakers and, you know, pretty much, I mean, I mean, like you said, kind of stick it to the golden state, you know what I mean? Like, you know, what like guess what, we're gonna be the team that uncrowns you in the West. Um but you know, kind of the you you know, kind of the feel good side um that I think could happen is possibly going back to Oklahoma City, um I mean I don't know about their cap space situation at all, but you know, having Westbrook, Paul, George and Durant, I think that could be I think that could be an interesting um tandem and back in Oklahoma City, ironically, back where it all started. But, but yeah, I, th- I think him going to the Lakers. If, if I if I, had to, if I had to bet money on where he'd be playing next year, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he went to the Lakers. Man,
2: so if you take this this Lakers team and you have your your four horsemen of young guys, LeBron James, and you add Durant to that, that's scary. Like that's a team that can compete. And you know, I'm I'm looking at OKC right now. They're they go from 147 to 145 next year. So the only way you're, you're essentially adding him is if you could somehow do a sign and trade where you're unloading Steven Adams, Dennis Schrader, um, you know, if, if he's willing to come play and you don't, you know, you don't want to move Steven Adams. So it's almost the, if you're a team who's desperate for help, do you, do you do a sign and trade where you sign Durant and trade him for Schrader? Andre Robertson and Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Grant, but then you got to make sure he does a sign and trade and that could be a little difficult. I didn't realize yeah, really... this log jam. Holy cow. They, are. they
0: have a lot of salaries going in. Well, yeah. To be honest with you, like, I, I mean, on paper, I mean, they would look great. I mean, having Paul George Westbrook and Durant, but really, I, I, I don't, I don't see Russell Westbrook and Paul George as um, I I really don't see them as championship pieces to be honest with you. I, I know a lot of people um obviously are you know were you know high on the thunder when they got Paul George, but I mean I I, just, I I've never been a Paul George or Westbrook fan in I mean I'm, I'm a fan of them, but I have never really been a fan in terms of thinking that this team's going to be a you know NBA title contender. Um so but but I mean you got you got to ask Kevin Durant, you know, what do you want? Is it about your your legacy in terms of championships, or is it about your legacy in terms of, you know, leading a team that potentially Mm -hmm. wouldn't be in a championship without you? So, I mean, that's always kind of the thing that I, you know, think about when you see these big free agents signing places, like, are are you, are you ring chasing or are you trying to build a legacy in a different way?
2: You know, the Lakers, I think is almost twofold because the Lakers aren't good enough to beat Golden State, I don't think, without a player like that. So he would be the guy to put him over the brink. So, you know, yes, you you say, oh, he's going to play at LeBron, he's chasing rings. Well, yeah, but he still has to play against Steph Clay and Draymond, who won right. without him. You know what I mean? Like, good, it's not that yeah, Golden State point. win without him. They they they. To be fair. If Draymond doesn't get suspended, they they might have went two and zero against Cleveland without Durant.
0: Right, You're right. But the but the problem I have with Golden State in general is the fact that for for, for one, I'm not a fan of their bench, particularly mm-hmm. their front court. You, 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 you know, when Steve Kerr says we're going to go center by committee, okay? When you have a head coach <laughs> saying that we're not even confident in in our and who our starting center is going to be. I think I think that just speaks volumes to how I mean how limited they are on their bench. I mean, and you got Andre Iguodala who's aging. You got Sean Livingston who, you know, still held a role player for his age. But still, I mean, I mean, he's going to he's going to fall off a cliff at some point like in terms of his productivity and
2: well, don't forget they still got Boogie. I mean, we still haven't seen Boogie yet.
0: Still got yeah, you still got cousins, but but here's the thing. I mean, he signed there for what was it one year one year, five
2: one year, five point three mil. Yeah, but he so, could he could he could walk into the Durant money if Durant leaves too.
0: Right. Well, and and, and two, I think I think people are just assuming Demarcus Cousins is going to be a hundred percent. I mean, when you're coming off of an injury yeah, like he had, I I, you, I I mean I mean you don't know what you're going to get. It's the same thing with Boston and Gordon Hayward. I mean. Um, Just watching Gordon Hayward this year, I think you know what it's great that to see him back out on the court, but he's not the same Gordon Hayward that was in Utah. And I think that, you know, everyone's bodies, you know, recover differently to injuries. I mean, you know, I mean, we've seen, you know, guys like Paul George who, you know, on the Olympic team barely, you know, basically pulled a Joel Thyssen and split his leg in half, like, you know, like we, I mean, like we saw Karis Levert did unfortunately just a couple weeks ago, and. I mean, Paul George recovered great, but I I don't know if Gordon Hayward's ever going to get back to the level that he was in Utah. So I, it's kind of a wait and see thing. I mean, obviously, um, I don't know, you know, I, I if, if Boogie's 100 obvi- percent, like obviously, I mean, that was a hell of a hell of a move Golden State made to get him. But uh, I don't know, it's going to be something that I just think is going to be really kind of a make or break thing to. You know what? What they do with Durant next year, whether or not Boogie is healthy or not.
2: The the other two kind of like, I guess I'd say what if slash, is it worth doing trade scenarios that have been really talked about, especially today. Uh, one of these has really come up on LA radio a lot too, and I was listening to the Lobe, uh Zach Lowe's podcast, and he had uh, uh, Tom Hammerstra, I believe his name is, uh, I always butcher that. Um, but they were on there. They both were talking about this. And one of the two trades I wanted to talk about, And you know, it, it, it's a way that we can kind of lead into some other teams here. But what do you, do you think it'd be worth it if you're L.A. To, to move on? Now, I hate saying this because he's 21, but I feel like Brandon Ingram is the kind of player who plays better with the ball than off the ball. And being in the situation he's in in l a it's one of those things where if LeBron doesn't have the ball, he's got it in Lonzo Arando's hand, and they're doing something to buy him time, and then he gets open and it goes back to LeBron um I almost just don't think Ingram's a good fit with it, but if you could take Ingram and <clears throat> excuse me, you'd have to do this around like you'd have to do this december fifteenth when the when you know the exceptions are available and everything, but you move k c p uh Ingram's the prize of it and I don't know take um let me I got the trade machine open here um KCP Brandon Ingram Lance Stevenson and then just to throw it in you could throw a trade exception or you could throw like Michael Beasley in there something random that just nobody cares about you know if you did that and you got a guy like Brad Beal and Brad Beal's your number two does LeBron and Beal with Lonzo and Kuzma and Hart, and then your two bigs in the middle, and another thirty million in salary cap next year. Does that do enough to get you over Golden State? It, it, having Brad deal with with the young kids and LeBron as your number two, does that do it? And that's also yeah. not saying that you know a guy a, a, a big name free agent doesn't take a pay cut, you know, and and they move a couple pieces to still sign a max deal. But let's just say that this stops them from being able to get. Durant or something because they can't pay him thirty nine million. They can only give him thirty one. You know what I mean?
0: Does, right, does, yeah. is, is
2: Beal worth moving those pieces for and not going for the big free agent?
0: Um, I, I, you know, I think that what we'll kind of backtrack.ing I, I do agree a hundred percent. I think that they're better off trading Ingram at this point than. Um, I, I, I think he's a trade asset. I think his value is still high enough. To be honest with you, I'm totally not sold on him. It's kind of a similar mm-hmm. thing to Andrew Wiggins. I think that I don't think the Lakers should do what the Wolves did with Wiggins. I think that the second, you th- if you think you can get a good deal for him, they should pull the trigger on it because I'm not sold on him. Just watching them. Um, but to your second question, talking about like if Brad, if Bradley Beal and potentially another guy puts them over the top, you know, I think that it. I mean, it's hard to say. I think that it, in my opinion, with the Lakers, this is something that is you know, a two to three year project. I think that, um, to be honest with you, what I think is going to happen in an ideal situation, I think LeBron hopes to win a championship in LA in years, you know, three or four. And I think, I think he's still going to carry out his promise and go back to Cleveland and finish, finish out like a year or two in Cleveland and call it quits or whatever. But, um, you know, I mean, I, I, I mean, it's hard to say if they're going to be, Title contenders because you don't know how these guys are going to mesh together, and you know, I mean, as we've seen with pretty much every LeBron team he's been on, like you know, sometimes it takes a year or two to get rolling. I think in year mm-hmm. one with my, you know, in year one with Miami, like, like man, this team looks great on paper, but you, I mean, they got almost embarrassed in the, in the NBA Finals by the Dallas Mavericks, who whose <laughs> best player was an aging you know, Dirk, and, started and, and out and made,
2: 18 and 19 people don't don't remember that they were, you know, they were under 500 almost halfway through the season too.
0: Right. Yeah. So, I mean, you just look at the history LeBron has had with every single team and I, and that's why I think I, I'm going based on the past. I think it's going to be very similar with the Lakers. I think they make the playoffs this year, you know, probably seeded between anywhere between three and six, probably win a playoff series, you know, if they're lucky, maybe they can get to a conference finals. But I, I just – I don't see um, – I, I don't see them winning the championship this year. Like, I, I hope they can beat Golden State. I think it would be great for the league. But I think this is going to be something that we talk about more seriously two or three years from now.
2: Does Bradley Beal, though, benefit playing – you know, the kind of player that Brad Beal is. He's 26. Right. Do, doesn't he benefit more playing with LeBron than he does John Wall? Like wouldn't he get oh, more looks? And and that's why I think I think his value you know, you may, I may sound crazy, but I think his value if he comes to LA, he's on par with Klay Thompson now. I, I mean I think Klay Thompson's a better defender. But I tell you what, I think Brad Beal is a little more athletic and he could you know, he doesn't have as pretty of a shot, but it's, it goes in just as much. And I'm just saying that because every time I watch Clay Thompson shoot, I feel like it's like a training video.
3: Oh, like yeah. It's the most
2: <laughs> perfect release I've ever seen in my life. Um, yeah. But like, you know, and, and you, you can look at it this way too. You know, you're running Lonzo and Beal in your backcourt. you got your, your rotating bigs in, in the center and you're running LeBron and Kuzma on your wings. It's a nice starting five and it, and it takes more Kuzma to not have to be the scorer, but with a guy like Brad Beal, who you have to put that extra coverage on, I think Kuzma gets more shots now. And we've all seen how much, you know, LeBron, once again, you can tell he's enjoying playing with a guy like Alonzo, who's, pass first like he is, because there's some times that those two guys go on a fast break with somebody, and they're back and forth four times, and the guy who gets the ball isn't one of them, and they barely know it's coming to him. I mean, <laughs> these two guys you're are going to win the other thing I, I say, and this is the one that really intrigues me, is off-season hits, and you're Rob Palenka, you're Magic Johnson, boom, you guys just landed Kevin Durant all right now you got josh hart kyle kuzma lonzo ball and you got brandon ingram to go with lebron and kevin durant you bring back mcgee and chandler on very friendly deals because you don't have to pay those guys rondo maybe takes a pay cut to even stay and continue to do what he's been doing um Who's to say after, after they've taken care of them, they don't retain the rights on KCP. They have a nice team now. They have a, they have a really nice team. If New Orleans, say, say you're Dell Dubs, and this is where, I, this is where we, can, uh, we kind of branch off. This is my last Laker one, is Sam Presti and OKC kind of set the, set the bar, set the president, where he took the risk of moving Sabonis and Oladipo for a guy like Paul George in hopes they can keep him. Everyone said he was crazy. I don't know why you're renting. Paul George just to not win a championship. He was he was right. We were all wrong. He kept no nobody even got a meeting with Paul George It worked. Masai Ujiri did the same thing. He brought in Kawhi Leonard. He moved in Demar Derozan, who was under a contract. Which yes, they might not have won with him, but at least you had a, a contract controlled player. They're playing out of this world. You know we're seeing guys like we talked about in the screening room, Paul Siakam, who's doing great for this team, Toronto's. You know, might be the team to beat in the East. Maybe Masai Ujiri wins too and gets Kawhi Leonard to stay. Now, two small market teams have won. If you're Dale Demps on the Pelicans, if you throw the max deal at Anthony Davis and he goes, mm, I don't know if I want to sign it yet, the minute he says that, do you call LA and Boston and go, All right. This is what I want, and see if one of the teams pony up and just move them right away, or do you ride it and hope that you can pull the small market miracle and keep them
0: yeah i I think if I was in the position and New Orleans is going to have to face this scenario i think um i think I here's the here's the thing with in my opinion with um with Anthony Davis and Paul George, I think there's a clear difference between the two I think that New Orleans, if I were them, I would pull the trigger and try to get um, assets for Anthony Davis. And here's why I think that, for one, the whole thing with Paul George going to the Lakers, I mean, it, it was all, in my opinion, it was it was all kind of brought on by the media. You know what I mean? I think that the average fan was just like, he's going to L.A. You know, he's from L.A. You know, he that's where he spends his off seasons. But, but you never heard it from the horse's mouth type of thing. You know what I mean? Like. Yep. Whereas, a, whereas Anthony Davis, whereas Anthony Davis, in my opinion, is the guy that um, has had really has had issues with um, their front office in general. I think, and uh, and and you know, I don't think you ever heard him. I, I've never heard him. I mean, you could correct me if I'm wrong. I've never heard him express his loyalty to New Orleans at all. To be honest with no. you, and I think that you know, you know, and I think that Anthony Davis is in a position where. You know, it's kind of like he he has so much um, potential, like in terms of endorsements and you know, marketing himself. I mean, I mean, what the hell are you doing in New Orleans, type of thing? And I think that I and you know, Paul George, Paul George, you could say the same argument as him, but you know what, Paul George is not on the same level as Anthony Davis, in my opinion. Anthony Davis is a top five player in the league. Paul George is a nice player, probably top twenty, but you know, when you're a top five player in the league. And I, I just think that so many of these guys, um, you know, you got to market yourself in the best way possible. Like the NBA is bringing in, you know, record deals, not even just within the league, but in sports, like these guys getting paid 40 million a year and, um, and and endorsements on top of it. And I just think that if if I'm thinking in, in the mind of Anthony Davis and the New Orleans Pelicans, for that matter, I just think it's mutually best for both sides, I think, to ultimately, you know, ultimately make a trade and and possibly get young assets back from, from the Lakers, like, you know, young pieces that we were talking about earlier.
2: And that's the one advantage too, where, you know, you look at Kevin Durant who signed for $30 million when he should have got way more in golden state is because of those endorsements. That's such a good point you made with that. And I I look at Anthony Davis and yeah, I, you know, Gail Benson, the owner she inherited when Tom Benson, her husband died. Um, she runs the Pelicans and Saints, but we don't know how much influence she really has with the team. But we do know Dale Dems was very hands-on with Anthony Davis. And Anthony Davis said, he, you know, I want you guys to keep Boogie. And they didn't keep Boogie. You know, you look three years ago, four years ago, they were sure happy to pay Solomon Hill a crap ton of money. Um, but they didn't want to keep Boogie. So I think that already kind of pissed them off. You know, I, I don't know if you're New Orleans, if you say if you're if you're going to go soul balls to the wall and, you know, do you trade for John Wall, even though you know that he's going to make 21 next year, he's making 19 this year. But then two years from now, he makes like forty five million with the way that they structured the contract and then forty seven the following. That's insane. And. You know, when we get to the Warriors thing, I don't think anyone, I don't think Walls we'll move into the offseason anyway, but I, I think you're right. I think if you're Dale Dems, you, you try to get what you can with them. The question is, how much can you get with, you know, how much do you really get for him? If, if, you're, if you're Rob Palenka, are you willing to move Ingram, Kuzma, Josh Hart, and a first rounder for Anthony Davis?
0: Yeah, honestly, if, well, and I think, well, honestly, I would say no, cause, and I think another point to bring in, too, Anthony Davis, as we all know, I mean, he hasn't been the most durable guy over the course of his career. I think this may be the first year that he really hasn't gotten hurt significantly. I mean, I'm not saying significantly, but, I mean, this, like, like, mean, like, you know how I like to talk fantasy basketball, you know, like, if you're playing – you know, like a DraftKings or FanDuel lineup, and you roster David Anthony Davis. I mean, I mean, you're, I mean, you're crossing your fingers. This guy doesn't get hurt. I mean, it's that bad. And I think that, and <laughs> you know, it's always for little tiny injuries. It's always like he's leaving games. You know, he gets hit in the face. He's going to the locker room, and you know, and, and you know, he does have more significant injuries, um, in his past. And, and and that's the question. I mean, do you trade away great assets that potentially get a superstar player? that could have a significant injury on the horizon. You know what I mean? And, and, and you know, for me, that would be my worst nightmare. It's like I trade – you know, it's like I trade – you'll give him a package, you know, like a Kuzma, Alonzo Ball type of thing, and I get Anthony Davis and the, and the guy goes out and, you know, tears his ACL or something. Like, I, 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 think, I think teams want to make a pitch and sign him in the off season. But ultimately, if he's that one piece, you know, at the trade deadline, it's like, you know what, he's going to get us over the top. I think that's when you're going to see him traded. I don't think you're going to see some off-season deal or whatever. I think that if he gets traded to a contending team, you're going to see it at the deadline.
2: And he's, you know, he 2013-64 games, 2014-67, 2015-68, 2016-61, 2017-75, and last year 75. So, I mean, you know, decent games but you know his first four seasons he's he didn't crack the 70s so yeah I mean you know he's missing 14 to 20 games a year that that is a a decent number I'll tell you what I am not a huge fan of moving you know if you keep Lonzo essentially moving three of your four assets and a pick I'm not very excited about doing that but I'll tell you what if I have LeBron and I have Kevin Durant I think I do it then because now you're rolling out Lonzo ball, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and Anthony Davis. That That's such a big difference. And Anthony Davis is only going to have 27 million on the book too. So you're still going to have your, your your mid-level exception to sign somebody. So, I mean, you have some things to move. I think, I think if you don't sign Kevin Durant, Or you don't get one of those big name free agents, then I don't think you give up that much to get Anthony Davis. I think it all hinges on Kevin Durant. If you get Durant, I think you make the move and put together your own big three. But then again, Boston's going to be right there. But the question is who, you know, if you're Boston, I mean, if you're Dale Demps, what do you ask Boston for? I mean, they're not giving you Tatum. You're probably not getting Jalen Brown. You know, are you happy yeah. getting Terry Rozier if it's a sign and trade? Marcus Smart, you know, one of you know maybe that that one of their first round picks.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. And to be honest with you, I think to, to, I mean talking about Boston. I mean, to me, I, I don't see Boston as a team. Um, like, like I, I know, obviously they, you know, pulled off. Um, you know, the deal with the Wolves to get Garnett. Like, that was probably, you know, the biggest – well, and Kyrie Irving also. Like, those were probably the two biggest trades they've made in the last, you know, 15 years. But – Don't forget when they traded uh, Pierce, Allen,
2: and Garnett to Brooklyn. and probably. Yeah, yeah. Gave them all those draft picks. Wow, I didn't know Gonzaga won by two today. I didn't see the end of that game. Holy cow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. But yeah, remember they gave it. They got all
0: those picks. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, yeah. Well, and basically, what I was saying is, um, and and this kind of, and and that point kind of transition to the point I'm about to make right now is the fact that Boston's always been a team that kind of you know builds from within. You know, they kind of have that blue collar feel to their team. You know, they always, you know, you know, they always make great draft picks. They always, um, you know, Danny Ainge is a Really, a great talent evaluator. You know, they always make the right decisions, and and I just think you know, look at all those players they have; they've all been homegrown, and I just think that mm-hmm. um, it's difficult to move pieces like that. Um, in my opinion, in my opinion, and expect a good result. I think that a lot of Boston's success is kind of based on that uh, that camaraderie and that you know, and and you saw it last year too; they almost made the NBA finals missing their arguably their two best players on their team
3: so I just
0: just think that and I think stuff like that's important to look at I mean like like, I mean yeah we can you know be playing the trade machine and act like we're playing you know you know franchise mode on 2k making all these trades but but, but ultimately what you're what you got to account for is the chemistry there with these players and and I think that when you have a team that's strong and I, I, I think it's tough for them to blow up, a, blow up their team. Um, I mean, just to get a superstar player and, and, you know, in theory upgrade, I just, I don't see that happening.
2: Yeah. And that's, that's one of those things where like, you know, everybody's going to be talking about how all in the Lakers and the Celtics are on Anthony Davis, but these assets that these two teams have, I don't know if they're worth moving.
3: Like I, I,
2: people are going to tell me I'm crazy, but I don't know if I want to move all my young stars to get Anthony Davis and Anthony Davis is is a star, but you know, the fact that you have four guys under cost control contracts and Lonzo Ingram Kuma and Hart. I don't know if I, I don't know if I want to get rid of that. I think if anything, I'll give you Ingram, I'll give you two first round picks and we can match the salaries, but I'm not giving you Josh Hart and Kyle Kuma or if yeah, anything I totally agree. I'll give, I'll give you Ingram and Kuzma but you're not getting Josh Hart. I Josh Hart is something special. We saw it in Villanova. You know, we've seen it in the NBA for what he's been doing. I I, I have no interest in moving him. Yeah. And I know I'm probably crazy but you know and, and it's it's tough too cuz you know that that brings up the whole the whole sp- whole spread here with this Eastern conference and a team I didn't write down here that I really, I did want to talk about. I forgot to write them down. The Philadelphia 76ers were kind of the the misfits in this whole, this whole scenario in the Eastern conference. Um, Adrian Wojnarowski is reporting that Marco Foltz did not request a trade. Like somebody supposedly said he was, but if you look at this team, I mean, I'd be willing to, to, I'd be willing to bet you that this sixes incarnation of a team after when it's all said and done and all the craziness isn't gonna win anything. I don't even think they're ever gonna make a finals. And
0: hundred oh, percent.
2: You know, Sam Hankey climbs is climbing this giant ladder and he's got this crazy plan to you know, you know, the, the, the process
3: <laughs>
2: and he makes it yeah. to the top. And the process essentially works. He gets Joel Embiid, he gets Ben Simmons, and then he steps down, and in comes Brian Clangelo. And the whole thing gets ruined. Now you know. Now what is it? Elton Brand's their GM, but oh yeah,
0: yeah.
2: Sam Hinkie gets you all the way there doing this, doing these crazy, you know, losing, and as much as everyone hated it. And look at how fast they ruined it. And people don't seem to bring this up. You know, Jimmy Butler's probably the third best player on a championship team. I don't think he's a one or a two. And if you look at the Sixers, you could almost argue that M- – I mean, to be fair, Simmons and Embiid, uh, you, would you take them over Butler if you're starting a squad?
0: Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah I would take well, – yeah, I think. I I the, the, I'm really not as high on Jimmy Butler going there as um as a lot of other people are. I think I think yeah uh-huh. you know what, he you, you 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 know obviously he, he's an upgrade over like Robert Covington for instance, but you know the thing is that I just I mean I think that really it was kind of an even trade for both teams. Like I don't really think the Sixers gained much through that trade as much as people think they did. And yeah. and I think you're right. I, you know, I think Butler, you know, obviously, yeah, probably you're right. Third best player on the team, um, and, and championship team for that matter. But you know, the thing is, Jimmy Butler is not getting any younger. You know, I mean, you look at Embiid and Simmons just starting their careers. I mean, three years from now, Jimmy Butler is going to be on the way on the way down, probably. And yeah, I, I just. And I, and that's the thing I don't see that third guy really emerging for them because um, I mean Markel Fultz was supposed to be that guy but I mean I mean just watch <laughs> him shooting free throws right now it's I, I mean seriously it's it's absolutely horrible I mean
2: it, 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 he's pump faking free throws <laughs> oh,
0: I mean <laughs> it's terrible totally so I, I I I mean it's absolutely I mean. Seriously, I mean, I, I hope this guy's not doing like basketball clinics with kids in the offseason Because honestly, you know, honestly, if I'm one of those parents and I'm my child child's being taught by Hill Foltz, I'm pulling the kid out. I'm I'm getting the kid out of there. Like, I mean, this guy, I don't get it. I, I don't get how you can be that big of a. I mean, I mean, it, it's all mental too. I mean, the guy is. I, I, I mean, I'm sorry to rant about. It, I mean, but the guy's a total crazy. I'm loving it. He, no, I mean the guy's a total schizel on the floor. He doesn't know what he's doing. It's it's nuts.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and you know, so so that's part of my thing is you look at Jimmy Butler goes from being a the second best player on a team to the third best player. So he immediately goes backwards from what he wanted to be when he was like, I'll go play in Brooklyn and things like that. But then on top of it, you look at this organization. Sam Hinkie gets you to your rebuild, and. If you really, really think about it, look at look at that trade of of what they did with with uh, with Boston, and and that that's obviously I think that goes on Colangelo, but you know the 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 the, uh, the whole point of what you were going for is is ruined now. You know what I'm saying? cuz like it, I'm trying to remember the exact trade. Um sorry, I'm I'm ranting here I cause cuz I'm cuz cause I'm, uh, I'm googling. Yeah. So remember Boston got an additional first-round pick and the number 3 pick for the number 1 pick, right? Right, yep. So now they have the Sixers first-round pick this year. So they essentially traded the or the or the Sacramento Kings' first round pick and and Mar- and Jason Tatum for Marco Fultz.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's. Uh... You
2: immediately went backwards when you were trying to when you when you took over for Sam Hinkie. Immediately by downgrading by remo- by moving Sacramento's first round pick and what became Jason Tatum for Markel Fultz you already are going the wrong way
0: yeah that was just and and that was just a mistake I I think that um I mean obviously Markel Fultz is way overvalued I mean to be honest with you if they probably did a redraft I mean the guy could probably go in the second round I mean it's um (laughs) I mean I mean he's not like you know he's not on like Anthony Bennett level bust but I mean this guy down the road um I just, I mean, I, I I root for I root for him. I hope he can turn things around. But I just think that playing on that team too is just not a good situation for folks. Like, you know, the crap he's going through, and you're playing on a contending team where they're re, where they're relying on you. I mean, I just think it's a terrible situation all around. And you're right. I mean, they totally went backwards of what they were trying to do. And I just, I, I mean, it's and it's sad to see because they had so much potential with their team and I think in like so many assets they could use for the future and I think that yeah you know what they still got a really nice team and and a team that I think is going to be you know a contender in the East for years to come but you know little tiny things like that like what you just mentioned that's the difference between you you know you know raising the trophy at the end of the year and not and unfortunately I think that you know what they may have dropped the ball there
2: and how sick do you got to be if you're a Philly fan? And that pick that you gave up with Jason Tatum, essentially for Markel Fultz, becomes a Zion Williamson or Cameron Reddish or an R.J. Barrett. Oh,
0: God, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, yeah
2: that's... <laughs> You know what I mean? Because Sacramento's already, you know, they, want, they, they, they had that six-game win streak, and now they're back to reality, so they're already out of the playoffs. So they're already a lottery team. You mean to tell me that you traded Cameron Reddish and Jason Tatum for Markel Fultz? That's terrible. Yeah. No, yeah,
0: absolutely terrible.
2: The only thing that can even make this situation even worse and crazier for Philly, and it's also kind of a slap in the face to Jimmy Butler, and, and I think this is funny, and I, I think our listeners will get a kick. What if Markel Fultz just suddenly balls out? What if he figures it out and becomes a point guard that you cannot afford to lose? What if Markel Fultz takes Jimmy Butler's money just like Wiggins took Butler's money? <laughs> yeah, how, yeah, well,
3: how pissed are
2: you? If you're Jimmy Butler, and yeah, you went yeah, to the yeah. new team, and then some dude figures it out and takes your money again, just like in Minnesota.
0: Yeah, well, I'm well, I'm afraid, well. <laughs> Yeah, that would be. You, you know what though, as a Timberwolves fan, I wouldn't mind it. You know, just seeing Jimmy yeah. take the L. You know, I, I mean, I mean, like, like there are certain people in life that you just root for to take an L, like whenever they can. And you know, and he's just one of those guys. Like, just and, and you know, and it's just a because I used to be a big Butler fan. You know, he he had a really, you know, um, kind of an inspirational story, like from his upbringing from a small rural town, and you know, he you know, went under the radar, you know, nobody, nobody recruited him came out of Marquette and, you know, went late in the draft and he became a star just through hard work. But I mean, the guy, I mean, the guy's just a total dick at this stage, you know, he's just, yeah. he's a prima donna. He, he, well, he is. And, 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 you know, and, and that's why, um, that's what I was saying, why I wasn't high on the trade in general, because here's the thing. If, if Jimmy Butler is playing second fiddle to, uh, to Embiid and, and Ben Simmons okay that's not going to work in the in the playoffs you know like Jimmy Butler is one of those dudes who you know is a self-proclaimed alpha dog in Minnesota you know he
3: it's
0: just I, I think the guy has a huge ego in general and, and you know and, that, and that's part of what got him to where he is just because he has a lot of belief in himself but but yeah I don't know I, I you know what I hope folks can take his money but I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it'll
2: happen, but like, just no. thinking about how you know, and and the one thing I will say too that the the whole Jimmy Butler thing, when he went nuts at practice and smoked all the good Wolves players with scrubs, and was calling everybody out, you know, our supposed number one, Carl Anthony Towns, just sat there like a little bitch and didn't do anything about it. That really continued my. I I love Towns, man. Don't I'm not trying to dog Towns whatsoever, but he it feels like defensively he's digressed every year. And oh yeah,
1: oh yeah. Aside
2: yeah. from the digression, the fact that the leadership wasn't there and just let Jimmy Butler yell at everybody, and you did nothing to stand up for your team, that really makes me, you know. And this was something I said to you back in the, you know, from. 10 o'clock until midnight, we're bored as hell at Rocco's on a Friday night, I a part of me wishes we would have drafted Porzingis. I know the injury thing is there, but the one advantage you have with Chris Dabbs, Porzingis on top of this, you know, this leadership issue we ran into, um, with, you know, comparable to Towns, is Porzingis is so versatile. You can take any big in the NBA, and you could put him next to him, and he can adapt and be that perfect player to play with them. He can't do that with Towns.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, well, I totally agree too. But I, I think it's important to kind of go back in time and uh, and realize that I, honestly, there would have been there would have been. I mean, they would have burnt the fans would have burnt down Target Center had we drafted them. I mean, I mean, I mean, so you saw like the New York Knicks. Definitely. <laughs> what well, 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 yeah. I mean, you even saw the New York Knicks fans; they booed him. And, yeah, and to be, he, he he was such an unknown. And you know what? Like, I I never. And yeah, I think you're right. You know what? I think that um, defensively, obviously, Porzingis much better player. But I think the thing is with Town, the thing is with me. I think defense in general is about effort. I think a lot of what Towns' I think a lot of what Towns' issue is, is just a lack of hustle, like. And I think yeah. That, I mean, if you ever go to a game and watch him live, you know, like when you're not, I mean, sometimes watching on TV doesn't do it justice, but like I've gone to games literally and I've watched Towns for about, you know, a half a quarter, just my eyes just focused on his defense and he's never in the right spots. It's not because, you know, he's outmanned physically. It's not because he, you know, isn't, isn't trying, but the guy, in my opinion, he's just, he's never in the right spots and he's just, he's always thinking offensively. And I think when you saw Kevin Garnett there, and I think, and and, and credit to Flip Saunders for bringing in Garnett, I think when you saw Garnett there in Towns' rookie year, that was arguably his best defensive season. And when you took Garnett out of that situation, you know, defensively we took a step back. And I just think that, and, and, you know, obviously every player is not going to be as gifted as Kevin Garnett defensively. You know, I mean, he's – a once in a generation type of talent on defense but really what i think the problem is with so many of these nba guys is that they they don't i mean they don't play defense and i mean these guys play in aau for instance like do you think they teach you defense in aau I don't think they no. do. I think that you, you, all they do is teach. I, I, I mean, hell you have like LeVar ball coaching a you. I, I bet he's not teaching guys to get back on defense. He, he's,
3: <laughs> he, you,
0: you, you know, he, he's putting so much of an emphasis on offense and I just, um, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's the problem with Towns because if, if I, I have hope for Towns because if you look at like advanced stats or whatever, I mean, he's right on up there with guys like Tim Duncan and um, just great NBA bigs that offensively, but um, you, you know, as long as Towns, in my opinion, is not a total sieve on defense, I I, I think he's going to be better down the road than Porzingis. But um, yeah, I mean, it, but you're right though. You know, it, it's difficult having a guy being the leader on your team when arguably, you know, he's somewhat of a liability at times on defense. And and you know, it's
2: it's that the that's the one, and I think that's the one thing too. And I'm glad you brought up the the fan situation with the Porzingis thing. Because that's one thing I respect is Porzingis got demolished by the crowd. I mean, you'd think it was the New York Jets drafting some terrible quarterback or something. With how mad- I mean, there was remember the kid in the crowd crying that they kept showing oh, yeah. the little like Indian kids, <laughs>
3: you know? And, <laughs> yeah, you know,
2: and you get you get uh, uh what's his name uh um, uh Michael Rappaport the they drafted who. You know, and, and you get yeah. all these people just irritated. And he just took it and went, Okay, well I'll show you that it was the right move. And by the end of it, you get Stephen A, I'll eat my tongue. Chris Davs Paul think is the greatest human being alive. you know, and he yeah. won the people yeah. over. Towns exactly. never gave us that moment.
0: No, because well, but I think because I think the thing is with Towns, there's so much expectations with towns coming in. Like I mean, yeah, I mean, think true. about this. I, I mean, I remember draft lottery night when we got the number one pick. I mean, it was a top five moment as a Timberwolves fan. Just getting a number one pick. You know, all these yeah. years we've gotten screwed over. We've gotten, you know, just saying that the lottery's rigged. That David Stern, Adam Silver, they're all against <laughs> us. They're all against us. And you know, and you know, I think going into that. Towns, we drafted him because it was always about Towns Oakfor, Towns Oakfor. and I think that seeing that his rookie year, you know, because there's tons of expectations for Towns. I think you know he was almost like, you know, I mean, outside of, in my opinion, outside of Kevin Garnett, I think that people viewed him as like, you know, what he, he's he's going to take the torch and he's going to be the next guy that gets us, you know, to you know get us back to the playoffs. And I mm-hmm. think that with Porzingis, it was more of a, oh, here we go. We drafted, you know, we drafted some unknown from, you know, overseas and we don't know what he's going to be. Whereas Towns, I mean, everyone saw him play at Kentucky. You know, he came yeah. from, you know, the, he came from the Calipari, you know, tree of players, you know, Anthony Davis, John Wall, you know, all these guys who are, you know, perennial NBA all-stars. So I just think that whole situations totally different. I, th- I think Towns, to an extent, it's kind of, I, I wouldn't say he's, not lived up to the hype, but, um, but I think that the biggest concern with him is just kind of how he has taken steps back, um, almost every year it seems like. Yeah,
2: that that's one that scares me, and I and mean, you know I, I will always, I will always say I want I want what's best for the team, and I want him to succeed because I like Towns. I think he's awesome, but it's just it's it's all these things kind of just play into. What is Tim Rules basketball? And it just gets so frustrating. And oh yeah, yeah. You know, you you mentioned the the Kentucky thing, and that kind of ties in, like I said, back with the, um, excuse me, with the new with the New Orleans Pelicans and the the, the Anthony Davis thing. You know, w- we look at the Washington Wizards, and we talked about the Brad Beal with the Lakers situation. Do you think getting a guy like? John Wall does enough to keep Anthony Davis in New Orleans, albeit they got to do it in the off season because I looked, I did some research on it and because of the weird structure of the, of the contract that John Wall has, and I'm going to pull it up here again. I got, I got a bunch of hot links sitting here. Um, John Wall makes 19 million this year, but then it goes to 38, 41, 44 and 47. Over the next four years after that, the wizards have to eat fifteen of the nineteen million uh, if they trade him this year during the season, so i'm assuming it's an off season move so if Anthony Davis is on the fence about signing your max deal, do you think it's worth eating that contract? Does John Wall do enough to help you as the Pelicans succeed, or if you go and get John Wall are you just sitting in the same booth as the as the Thunder where you're that four seed in the, in the East that just wins a series and that's it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that, um, yeah, I don't know. The the thing is with John Wall to me, it's so, I mean, I'm not going to doubt he's not a good player. He obviously is. He's obviously an all-star caliber player, but we've never seen John Wall actually play on, I mean, really a legitimate title contender. I mean, I know they've been to the playoffs a few times in Washington, but, I mean, you've never actually seen them play with a guy like Anthony Davis. So, I mean, will it be enough, like, hypothetically, if okay, if something like that ever happened, would it be enough to keep them there? You know, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that...
2: Because um, don't they feel like they're just going to end up like OKC right in the middle of the pack of the West?
0: Yeah, see, see and that's, I, I think, and that's what I mean. I don't think trading, like, hypothetically, like, if they traded you know you know some of their some of their guards they have now um or w- whatever a trade would look like and John Wall somehow became their starting point guard I mean I don't I I I don't see that team ever going over the top I mean they have some nice pieces they had you know um they got Meer and uh and Julius Randle and uh Drew Holiday but I mean looking at their bench I mean I don't see I, I really don't see much on their bench that um makes me think that they're ever going to they're not going to beat like teams like the Lakers or Golden State or um, or even Houston for that matter in the playoffs. So I, I or so I I just I don't know. It's kind of and, an interesting. You know,
2: I think when you, when you go of what kind of moves you're going to do to make this move happen, if they did it, Anthony Davis is like uh you know Kristaps Porzingis is to me Anthony Davis light. Where Anthony Davis, you want to play him at the power forward. Okay, great. Well you can put a Nikolai Miritich to run the paint and you can have him be your stretch four. You want to have Davis inside rocking and rolling? Okay. Uh well you got Julius Randle who could be the beef and just bang her out in there. So he's another guy where you can put any big with him. So that I think that kind of eliminates Miritich and Randall from any kind of a trade. I mean, if if you're if you're the Wizards, are you more concerned about getting talent back or are you more concerned about just let us let me just get out from underneath this insane wall deal and start fresh.
0: Yeah, I would say probably, I don't know, I think I'd be more lean towards starting fresh in general. I mean, because cause what they have now, I mean, it hasn't worked over the last five or so years. Like, it's, it's pretty clear, like, and, and you, you see the start they're off to this year. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, stuff's not working. I mean, you have John Wall cussing out his own, you know, cussing out <laughs> Scott Brooks. I mean, it, I, I mean, you're supposed to be like the problem with John Wall is John Wall can play, but if, if the Wizards want to go anywhere, John Wall has to lead. And right now, the Washington Wizards they don't have any leadership on their team, not from their head coach, not from their star player, not from their front office, nobody. And I just, I just think the the Wizards just need to clean house and and start over. I think that it's pretty clear that they're so dependent on Wall and Beal in their backcourt, and, and to be honest with you, their front court, in my opinion, is is really, you know, the pitfall of that team. I don't, I, I, I absolutely hate the Wizards' front court in general. I think that they're they they can't rebound the ball. They they bring in a. You know, and overrated and aging Dwight Howard to help fix it. I mean, he can't even stay healthy anymore. So it's it's just. I mean, they keep they keep signing guys like Dwight Howard is it, it basically as band aids on the on, on the root of the problem. Like they need to start fresh, rebuild with their front court, and just you know, and start over like a lot of a lot of other teams have to do. But um, for some reason, you know what? They they want to hold on to John Wall and Beal, but I just think it's time to move on. Yeah,
2: and you know, I mean, and maybe that's where okay. So you you move you move John Wall for Solomon Hill and Etwan Moore and a first round pick. So, you know, yes, you're taking Moore and, and Solomon Hill because it's twenty one million, and then you know the John Wall contract comes up. You get a pick. So now you got the Pelicans pick. So now you move them out, and then you move Brad Beal for a couple. <coughs> excuse me, a couple of the Laker kids or You know, some some team that has young assets that'd be willing to move it. I mean, I guess there's your rebuild. You know, Otto Porter, I don't know what you're going to get for Otto Porter. I mean, you might get a nice player, but then again, who wants to pay? You know, Otto Porter's making 26, 27, and
1: 28.
0: I'm sorry, but right, three- yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, he's the most, he's one of the most overpaid players, and mm-hmm. I and, and I and I know I mentioned, but you know, at the start of the show that he's getting um, three years, yeah. got three yeah. years, two million,
2: three years, yeah, two
0: no, million. I don't want that contract. Well, we right, right, and like I said, I mentioned at the start of the show, I I I was a fan of his game, I liked him, but not for that money. I mean, the guy, the, the yeah. ideally the guy would ideally he's a role player or a very brand you starter I mean in my opinion on a you know contending team Otto Porter wouldn't be a starter he's kind of he's just kind of like a six man you know that comes in plays you know 20-25 minutes type of thing but yeah, I just he, I mean I mean to, to call him the you know the staple of your front court and you know the the premier player in your front court I mean I mean I mean that's I mean that's that's just a recipe for disaster and that's exactly what's happening there
2: he's making more money than Brad Beal
0: Oh yeah, oh it's terrible. Well it's
2: you know his
0: defense though the, there's a lot of guys that are making way more money than they should. Like prime example, like Tyler Johnson in Miami. I mean he yeah. I mean how much does that guy I mean he makes <sighs> like what like twenty five, thirty million a year? The guy like he's nothing Tyler special. Johnson, I mean
2: he's, oh, uh, yeah. He did nineteen two so he signed two years thirty eight million dollars.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean. He signs a $38 million contract for two years. Like, it's, I mean, it's it's not like quite, it's not on the Timothy Mozgov level, but I mean. Oh, come on, man. That hurts. (laughs) Oh, that was terrible. Whoever gave him that deal, I, I, I don't know if he had like, I don't know if he had like an inside like scandal or scoop about, you know, the bus family or whatever, and they're just paying him off, like, that was, that was
2: the same day we're on the radio, and I came on depressed because at 1201, they gave Mozgov four years <laughs> seventy two, and Luol Deng four years sixty four. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. What I remember the sitting hell? here. I, I, I remember sitting here just saying like, "What the hell are they doing? Like they're they're just I mean they're just donating money away. Like they're just like oh you know screw it. Like it's, I mean I mean I mean it's like a charity in Los Angeles. They're just giving away money.
2: I was ready to give you and uh, Kevin Draves because he was at the house for at the show. I was gonna leave. Say you, you Elijah and Draves just run this
0: thing. Oh God, it was. I mean, mean, like I said, man, they're just. I mean, it's it's like Oprah giving all cars. Oh, here you go. You get twenty million. (laughs) You get twenty million. It's everyone gets twenty million, and and they can't even play. It's terrible.
2: This Miami Heat team, by the way. Um, they have the highest salary, highest team payroll in the league, and it's by 11 million over OKC. Um, 13 million over Golden State. They have Chris Bosch on the books still this year making 27 million. Hassan Whiteside <laughs> getting 24 and 27. Tyler Johnson 19 and 19. Drogic, 18 and 19. James Johnson 14, 15, and 16. Dion Waiters 12, 13 and 14, Kelly O'Linick 12, 13, 14 and then Josh Richardson 10, 10, 11 and 12.
0: Yeah, the Richardson deals good though. I mean, I I'm a fan of I'm a fan of his but I will tell
2: you him a cool cost, but that's a lot of players that you have on a You know you know who has the worst salary, which I think is hilarious. Sacramento Kings are the only team under 100 and they don't even crack 90. Can you tell me without looking the top six highest paid players on the Sacramento Kings?
0: The top six highest paid? Yeah, because it's it's um, just little,
2: six is a little ridiculous, and I might have made it ridiculous. But looking at number six, I had to add them.
1: So okay, who? Okay.
2: Um, player on the on the Kings. Oh, Here we go. Highest paid. We're gonna do it this way. We're gonna do it this way. This is our little. This is our little mid break as we kind of break down some of these teams and some problems going on here. Where's my? Um, here's my sounder. Here it comes. We're gonna play. We're gonna play three strikes, ladies and gentlemen. Three strikes. We have three guesses to crack these lists. I have two for Mr. Hagberg. Um, if at some point uh, before we go off air in 42 minutes, Nick wants to come up with a list for me to try to guess. I will be the third third strike game, but I only have two Nick, your first game of third strikes. Can you name me the six highest paid players on the Sacramento King?
0: All right. Yeah. I just had to pull up their depth. Chart. I'm, I'm not looking. I'm not looking at, um, I'm not looking at the salaries at all, so I'm not cheating. Uh, I would say uh, Zach Randolph.
2: He is the highest-paid player at eleven-seven. <laughs>
0: Zach Randolph is the highest-paid player on your team. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's what, yeah, that's why I figured because I, I knew that was a bad one. Um, let's see. Um, second one I would say is um, Nemanja Bjelica. I think they gave him a probably <laughs> decent deal in the off season b Elites is the reason I went six
2: deep. He is the sixth highest paid. He six got uh six late. and a half six point eight and seven point one five.
0: Yep. Um two see. three and
2: two three four and five.
0: Uh I'd say close to Kufus, maybe. <laughs> yep, eight point
2: seven million at yeah, number okay. four.
0: Yep, KUFUS. Okay, let's let's see three more. Um uh, this one might not be, but uh Willie Colleystein. Stein. Uh, Willie Cauley-Stein is not. He
2: is ninth at four point six
0: nine. That's what I, I figured. Um, uh, let's see. Ben McLemore, I'm sure he's on there.
2: Uh, he is number eight at 5.46. Oh. So you have okay.
0: one strike left
2: to get the the other three that you're needing.
0: The <laughs> other three. You um, see, see, the problem is so many of these guys are on the rookie deal before it's kind of hard to get <laughs> And some of these are so funny that
2: it's one of those things where I'm glad Demetrius isn't listening because as a Kings fan, it's just
0: depressing. Well, it's depressing that he's a Kings fan in general. I don't know what what the hell he's thinking. Is he, is he just pulling a team out of a hat or something? And say, you "No, know, I'm a fan he, of them.
2: He was a big uh, Mike Bibby, Chris Webber, Bobby Jackson guy. When, uh, okay, that's respectful. When, when, that's when Kobe okay. would slap him around all the time. He has what, his what, own what,
0: custom Burrell jersey even. I can respect that. Um, Okay, so back to the thing here. Um, Oh, God. I think um, Bogdan Bogdanovich.
3: He is number
0: three at $9 million. So I I figured he's, yeah, one of those European imports they brought in. Um,
2: (laughs) Vladi and and all those guys love him.
0: Right. um, All right. Let's sell two more. Two more. You need number two and number five. Number two and number five. Five. Oh. What the is
3: this, what's
2: the Kings owner's name again? Uh, I keep I always want to say Vladimir Radmanovich, but
0: that's that's definitely that's Vivi- not it. It, it, it. It's like Viviak Vlada, Vlada Divak or something. I don't
2: know. Oh, Ronaldo. Vivit Ronadov.
0: Yeah, yeah. I knew Viv- there's some I knew there's some Bs and Rs in there. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I love this. I
3: love
0: yeah, it. yeah. Not to make fun of us. Not to make fun of us. But you know what though? He's a class act for saving that uh, that. Communities team, um, shout out to say, wanting to uh, have
2: Rudy Gay, Cherry, thank you. <laughs> right,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Elite basketball mind, yeah. Um,
3: oh my god.
0: Let's say uh, I have three players and three players in mind. Uh, uh, I feel like Iman Shumpert's overpaid.
2: Iman Shumpert is number two at eleven million dollars.
0: Yeah. Yeah. See, I knew that was
2: number ridiculous. Five.
0: I knew Yeah, I knew that was. God. Kind of ridiculous. What does it
2: say about your franchise when your top three highest paid players are Zach Randolph, <laughs> Ron Schumper, and Bogdan Bogdanovich, and then Costa Kufas?
0: Yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, oh my geez. God. that's
2: tra- And then the Manja Bielitsa, too. Yeah. They're trash, bro. They're so bad.
0: Um, uh, no, I, I, I'm taking a bit of a risk here. I'll say uh, Yogi Ferrell.
2: Yogi Farrell is not. He's only making three million. This was the one I thought you were gonna get. Um, number two pick in the draft, Marvin Bagley. Gets seven million just from being the number well, two
0: pick. I I would have never guessed that at all. But but I guess you know what, but you know what though that's probably I wasn't he hears what's like what I was what I was going by since I I I figured since you brought it up as a game, I figured, you know what, this is it's not gonna be there – it's gonna be <laughs> six guys that are total scrub so i i mean yeah that makes sense you know second oh, pick in the draft
2: <laughs> well i nailed five of them yeah exactly and, and i fair. missed the
0: guy who went number two the thing is i can actually respect marvin bagley so i i basically picked all these guys that i'm like like he doesn't deserve to make that much he probably does <laughs> um uh the second game for three strikes that i have for you
2: because you do read the stats and hopefully you haven't read these recently but can you name for me, three strikes, the top ten players on John Hollinger's per rating?
0: Ooh, okay. Um, because
2: there's some of these that are, that are obvious. There's a couple that are kind of cool. There's a person that we actually mentioned earlier today. Two of the people on this I actually mentioned today, too. So I kind of gave many clues un, uh, unintentionally on a couple of these. Three
0: strikes. Okay, uh, well, let's go with LeBron number one. He is number two. And I don't know if number. I figured he'd be one or two. What he's playing yep. this year? Twenty-eight point um, eight two per. Yep. Um. Let's see. Uh. Mm, Anthony Davis.
2: Anthony Davis is number three at a twenty-eight point six.
0: Okay. Um. Let's see. Who else? I'm taking a bit of a risk guessing this. Um. Paul George. Paul George is not in the top ten. Okay, I knew he had a lot of. St- I, yeah, I knew he had a lot of steals. That's why I just. I just kind of wanted to get that out. Um,
2: he is uh, thirty-seven.
0: Is that okay. Um, what well, uh, Kevin Durant? Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is actually
2: number eleven. Unfortunately. Oh, get out
0: of here! Oh, man. oh geez. See, see, the thing is, player efficiency is tough because. Like, you're not thinking about just, like, the best – I mean, you're not thinking about the best players in general. you got to think about, like, turnovers and things like that. Like, that's – I mean, it's tough. Um,
2: One of them is kind of obvious because he's he's won a lot of things in the last few years. Um, One of them, you might argue, is on his way to being one of the best players in the league. And one of the guys you mentioned
0: uh, earlier went – is just going ham this year. Okay. Uh, uh, Jonas, I'm sure he's yep, he is number, uh, seven, number seven, Okay. So Giannis I figured, um, Oh, let's see... well, I think, it, uh, let's say, um, the guy going ham is Pascal Tiaco. I'm sure he's, I'm, I'm sure it that is, was your hint there.
2: No, it's not P- Pascal.
0: Oh. Unfortunately, oh, oh, see, see,
2: you trick me there. See, you trick me there. Uh, <laughs> oh. my, uh, my going ham was number eight, uh, Kemble Walker.
0: Campbell Walker, okay. Oh, um, he, oh yeah. Well oh, yeah, yeah, the last two games in particular. I'm sure that I'm sure that bumped him. I I'm sure <laughs> two games ago I bet he wasn't in the top ten. Yeah. But he's actually yeah, it was Durant probably was. Yeah, that's nuts.
2: So, number 10 was the guy I mentioned in, in that Indiana trade with OKC. Domata Sabonis is number 10 in per, 26.37. Mm. Number 9, who's uh, he's he's playing a really good year, uh, Nikola Vucevic in Orlando, 26.43. That makes uh, Number sense. 8, as I mentioned, Kemba Walker. Number 7, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Number 6, Denver's Nikola Jokic. Number five, the guy who I said is probably going to be your sixth man of the year, and they, they completely uh, dogged Houston on this trade, Montrezl Harrell. Uh, 27.23 is his per right now. Wow. Number four, being uh, the guy I said you're a huge fan of, and I thought you might get him, with a 28.10 per, also coming off that same bench as Harrell, Boban Marjanovic.
0: Oh my goodness! Oh, see, see, that's a total. See, here's the thing. Hey, let me just take a break on on bull bond. I mean, the dude play is like, oh, he's gotten more run this year, yes. But here's the thing: like, this is a guy who literally sometimes has gotten a double double in like five minutes. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean the guys just, I mean, the guys, like I said, is just, and I think he was one of the get to norms from a couple yeah. of years ago that I did. He was he one was of the he was the Serbian Sasquatch, is what I call him. And that's exactly what he is. Just, just a big, just a... I love the video of
2: him early in the year where he dunks it and he's holding the rim and he's standing on the floor. Oh,
0: that's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: that's <laughs>
0: crazy.
2: Number three, Anthony Davis. Number two, LeBron James. Uh, number one,
0: Steph Curry. Steph Curry, yeah. Well, well I wouldn't, wouldn't have been on my mind because he's missed a lot of time this year, but... Um...
2: Yeah, he's only played twelve games this season, but uh, that was that was the uh, John Hollinger per. Uh, like I said, we got about a half hour left, so if Hagberg wants to introduce his own uh, three strikes for me at some point. We'll knock them down, um, but kind of just moving on here. You know, we talked the Sixers, we talked Minnesota, we talked Washington, and all the problems they have going. We mentioned Boston, how it's just not working the Durant thing with Golden State. We've we've talked a decent bit amount of stuff. We got about a half hour depending what you want to talk about. What what's been kind of some of your takeaways that you just kind of want to bring to the table um in this first almost first quarter of the season?
0: Yeah, I think um I think we, talk, we talked we touched on it a little bit, but I really think that um the the story of the first month for me was really um um I mean I'm kind of biased as a Timberwolves fan. I think just talking about like the just the just the amount of trade possibilities that came up for Butler. You know, they were talking about the the Houston and the, you know, the every other year first round pick thing. A lot of people are on board with that. A lot of people like myself not happier with the deal we got. Um a lot of people talking about like you know, getting a guy like Eric Gordon from from Houston and like a P.J. Tucker or something for Butler. So, yeah, I don't know. And, and Ultimately, and I like to hear your thoughts about this too, Um, are you happy with the deal the Timberwolves got with Covington and uh, Dario Sark for Butler?
2: The one thing I'll say that not a lot of people seem to give credit. Sorry, I was – I muted myself real quick. I saw this beef stick in a bag, and I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to smash this thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> terrible idea. But not a lot of people realize that Robert Covington is a is a tremendous defender. And when I say tremendous, he was the guy who got Jimmy Butler's spot on the all-NBA defensive first team last year. Oh, yeah. And
3: people oh,
2: yeah. just... Yeah. Act like it's not a big deal that we got Robert Covington. And I get it. You you know, he's not a name. And I got a buddy who's like, you know, we don't play for second place. Terrible trade. To be fair, what else are you going to get? There wasn't a lot out there. The the Miami trade that had Josh Richardson and Bam Adebayo and Goran Dragic and the first round pick and all that, that was probably the best trade we were going to get. And they vetoed the trade. Miami didn't go through it. And I don't blame them. I almost thought that trade worked better for us. But you got to realize that, you know, you're never going to get return value on an investment in a trade. It's just, it's just not going to happen. And the pieces and teams that could be there and in place to make it happen, they don't offer them because they don't want to break anything up. So we added Roko, who's an amazing defender. We got Dario Saric. I'm a little butthurt that we got a second-round pick instead of a first-round pick. I don't think they should have settled for that. But, I mean, if if you mean to tell me that essentially Jimmy Butler leaving in the offseason and we sign Robert Covington and Dario Saric for cap-friendly deals, I'm fine with that. I'm not that mad about it. I know it doesn't look that good. There wasn't anything in you know those every other year for four years first round picks for Houston, they're gonna be, you know, the twenty eighth pick in the draft. And Minnesota has shown that they are not Rob Polenka excuse me, Rob Plenk and the LA Lakers, where they can find a Josh Hart and a Kyle Kuzma. That just doesn't happen. Oh, so yeah, I don't trust that late. So I'm fine with it. Um is is that something where you know, obviously you asked me my opinion on it. Are did you, you said you did not like the deal?
0: No, I said I didn't like the the, the Houston deal initially.
2: Okay, um, what did you think of the Philly aspect? Then you know, as we're talking about it,
0: the I, 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 I'm sorry. So, so, what do you mean by the Philly aspect of it?
2: Like the the what do you think of the the Covington Sark and pick for him?
0: Oh, the the pick for him. All oh, yeah. Oh, sorry, I totally had a brain fart there um yeah I I think that um and like the, the the key is for me I was really I've always been a fan of Robert Covington in general um and I think that I mean like you mentioned you had a you had a buddy who um basically said we don't play for second place but what I would respond to him is we don't okay we don't play for second place but he's one of very few players he might be the only player who's been in the top three in defensive efficiency the last two years so like if you look at like you know defensive real plus minus right like when he's on the floor um yep. like how big of an impact he's making I mean this is a guy that's been arguably the best defender in the NBA the last few years like he's right on up there with guys like Pat Beverly and um you know I mean this guy is to be honest with you in a class of his own in in terms of defense and I think that when when you're in a situation like the Timberwolves were, pretty much, I mean, you're pretty much held hostage with this guy. Like, you're, you're basically taking the any deal that you think satisfies, um, potentially in the short term. Um, and I think I think you, you know what? If we're talking short term, I think the Timberwolves hit a home run with it because I think that we can make the playoffs with the move we made. And I think that you know what? Even if even if Covington um, – I, I don't even know. i got to look up how old he is. I don't even know his age, to be honest with you. I'll get a but, um, right now here. i got like six windows what? open because I knew we were talking. Everything's so crazy. Right, yeah. Yeah, but like Dario Sark is like – you know, he's only been in the league for a couple of years, and he's one of those guys that can space the floor, and he really didn't get a lot of playing time in Philadelphia in general. So, I mean, if you look at bringing a guy like Dario Sark who honestly, I when he was – you know – I mean, even last year, I was really high on him for the future, and you know, all of a sudden his minutes, um, you know, was kind of went, you know, kind of went down with Embiid and Simmons kind of taking over things. But yeah, you know what? I think in the short term, it was a great move for him. I didn't think we could really get a long term deal other than the Houston deal, which I wasn't a fan of. Um, I think the only pitfall of all this is, I think that if we make the playoffs and, you know, I I, I don't know. I, basically I, I was kind of hoping we would just, you know, kind of shit the bed and Thibodeau would be let go and, you know, mm-hmm. kind of move on. But, um, but I think Thibodeau made the move to save his job, essentially. And um, I mean, I don't know if Thibodeau will be there next year or not, but uh, you know, I mean, I'm happy with the deal. Cause you know, we've seen far worse deals happen as, as Timberwolves fans and,
3: you know, <laughs> and
0: uh, you know, you, you know, you know, we're not trained for trading for uh you know, guys like you know Theo Ratliff and hidden, you know and all these and all these random scrubs, you know, for for, for Kevin Garnett. So, um, well, I guess it was Al, it was Al Jefferson, but I just had to throw in. That, you know, I'm a big Al Jefferson. Well, well, yeah, well, I know you love Sebastian Telfer as part of that deal. Too, yeah, but, let's um, go.
3: That's
2: my dude,
0: passing. He's gonna he's gonna do something dumb, but but you know what? At the him. end of the day, though. Yeah, but at the end of the day, you know what, they in my opinion they, they did what they had to do and I think that um you know, hopefully that they can you know, salvage uh a, a good uh a good season. Hopefully they can make the playoffs and hopefully Ryan Saunders will be the coach of the team next year and not Tibetal, but you know, we'll see.
2: So so Robert Covington turns twenty eight on December fourteenth and he's only and he makes ten four this year, eleven three next year. 12 1 and then 12 9 the fourth year. So we got him four years for like forty six million dollars. Dario Sarek is twenty he turns twenty five in April. He's making two five, three five, and four eight. I have no problem with those deals. And then Jared Bayless is making eight point six, but you know, he's off the books after this year. I think it's a fine trade. I think it's a totally fine trade, and especially if, when it's all said and done, somehow Markel Fultz or somebody takes the the Jimmy Butler money and he does not get his payday, I'm going to laugh hysterically, over and over. Cech Diallo, I think, just broke his leg. This is disgusting. If you're watching this ESPN OKC Golden State game, <laughs>
0: I'm not. I, I'm, I'm, following, I'm following the. I'm following the score on my computer, but you know I'm, I'm not watching it live. But
2: Let's see. He comes down for rebound. Oh my God! His whole leg bent six different ways. Oh my God! It's like Kevin Ware. Russell Westbrook is shaking his head in disgust right now. Check Diallo crawled off of the court to go under the ballboard to be in safety.
0: Oh my God! Is this, was, this is happening. This is happening live
2: now. Live. They just went to commercial now.
3: <laughs>
2: oh oh God, my God! Yeah. He uh, he landed his and his leg was bent and then his ankle bent and then the, his leg bent again and he just and then it popped up like a like a like a pogo stick and he suddenly fell
0: forward. <laughs> oh, God, I, I hate to laugh, but you know it's just. I I remember the I remember the ke I remember watching the Kevin where I I watched that one live. Oh
3: um,
2: my God! Yeah, and, the, the, the and, the and that was
0: really. And that was really the first time. Like, I mean, people talk about like, you know, Joel Thyssen. Like, I mean, well before, obviously, I, I was even alive watching the NFL. But like, people kind of always went back to that as like the nastiest injury they've ever seen on TV. But then, you know, Kevin Ware. I, I just remember watching that. I just, I just remember just, just being almost like, almost scarred for a week after seeing that. Just, it, but you know what, want bloody. Just, it's. I mean, I mean, it's it's it's. Had to make like fun of it, obviously, but it's uh, it's. I mean, it, it it sucks when you see that stuff happen because I mean, you know what these guys are going to have to go through and um and you know just the reaction people are going to have on Twitter and whatever, just like oh my god and you know hearing Kevin Harlan you know illustrate or Gordon Hayward breaking his leg, I'll never forget that either. Just just crazy. The uh,
2: did, uh, did, you, did you watch the uh, the. Any of the, or did you see the highlights from that Saints or Saints, excuse me, uh, Redskins Texans game? Where oh, Alex... I, yeah,
0: well, oh, oh yeah, I saw the oh, I, I saw that injury on the on the highlights too. But you know,
2: and then uh, they showed yeah, Joe was... Seisman in the booth, and he goes, well, "Alex is about as bad as when I did the same thing." <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> so oh, compassionate up there. That looks like yeah. my leg. <laughs> Oh, that's, that's awful! <laughs> like, yeah, really? uh, and he's like smiling, leaning
0: over, telling some. he's probably I was like, "I want to kiss you," to the girl too. Um, think was dang, I think that was yeah, wrong. That was Joe Namath, I think. With uh, oh. the yeah, oh, yeah, that yeah, 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 trying yeah. to, trying to, trying to, yeah, trying
2: to,
0: <laughs> trying to make out with people.
2: Uh, uh, <laughs> I've climbed up to 171 out of 1600 people. On, uh, go on DraftKings
0: on DraftKings go oh, finally finally get re- see that's what I'm telling you man it, it, I mean any anybody who you know who who likes getting into DFS daily fantasy and or whatever just I mean honestly the tears on DraftKings is just I I, I think it's great for people that you know follow the NBA know who um, obviously. Obviously, follow the n b a closely, but you don't have to deal with the salaries or whatever you know you don't have to be number crunching in your head saying, "Okay, okay, this guy's gonna go for you know five times his salary. you know if a guy is ten thousand, you're looking for fifty to sixty DraftKings points type of thing, you know what I mean, and it's yeah. just easier looking at it's just i mean it's easier for the average fan and um and i would and I'd argue it's more it's more of a profitable thing to do because if you're playing against scrubs. Um, who don't, who just, you know, want to kick back, have a beer, watch the game. I, I mean, that's where you make your money on that, but I don't know. I mean, I've done a little bit of it. Like I said, I do more sports betting in general than uh, daily fantasy, not as much as I used to, but, um, but no, it's it's a great thing. We're going to,
2: me and, me and Hagberg are going to have to come at you with a, with a sports bet show since we're uh, both addicts. We will.
3: Addicts. <laughs> we will. <laughs> the, the,
2: catch that in the near future here uh near near future. Like maybe you'll see us in a week or so as we drop some knowledge on you. I just totally sent you a picture of Check Diallo um as, as of what he looks like coming back from break. Um, yeah, that's he he does not look too comfortable on this uh in this picture. Uh check Diallo guys do not take him in your daily fantasy.
0: <laughs> then, yeah. Well, you shouldn't. Well, you shouldn't have. Well, you shouldn't have. You shouldn't have. You shouldn't have been taking him. I don't. You shouldn't have been taking him. Even he, he's one of those guys that if he rolled if 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 he played for like if he played the whole game if they're like screw it we're gonna if, if Billy Donovan was like you're playing all 48 minutes I'm I'm still probably not I'm I'm still not <laughs> rostering him on my team I mean he, he's one of those guys that just doesn't he doesn't do anything like, uh, I've also I mean, learned that Dennis Schrader uh, has one
2: move. And he dribbles to the three-point line, and then when the defender doesn't make a move, he takes a few steps back and then charges the three-point line as fast as he can. And if the guy steps backwards, he shoots the three. If the guy doesn't, he tries to dribble around him and do a layup. And the last three times he did it, he got basically shoulder checked and just laid there on the ground in agony. Uh, Dennis Schrader is about as big as Demetrius. So I don't know what the hell he's thinking.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. That's yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's a, I, I yeah, I hope the kid recovers because that's uh that's a difficult that's a difficult uh thing to overcome when stuff like that happens and 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 a a national TV game too because unfortunately uh you know a lot of people probably didn't know who he was uh before today but. I, th- I think he'll wake up tomorrow, and I think a lot of people will,
3: uh,
0: <laughs> will now know who he is. He played at Kentucky, I think, didn't he? Yeah,
2: uh, I believe Yowl.
0: so. Yeah,
2: so we got I mean, a, a little, hold, one. Let's 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 grab that real fast here. Uh, four hundred four. What brings you with us tonight? Oh,
1: nothing. What's going on, man? What's happening, Captain? What can we do for you? Well, first of all, you could cash at me some money if we're doing it like that. But, no, I'm just seeing what you guys are talking about, you know. uh going on? Day before Thanksgiving.
2: (laughs) Watching this intriguing Thunder uh, Golden State game, and all of our uh, conversations get stopped halted when Check Diallo is army crawling off of the floor as his leg is bent the – same way as a obtuse triangle, kind of stopped the conversation. But <laughs>
1: again, so it's another like bone through injury or whatever. It, like,
2: yeah, it, uh, it. Draymond Green stood up and walked halfway down the court so he could get a better view of it. Um, if that means that's anything, that's Draymond-ish.
1: Yeah, that's true. She want to see it. Everybody else looking away. He want to see it.
2: <laughs> we've been hey. we've been rocking a lot of NBA today. Uh, you, you got an NBA take
1: for his team. You want to talk about any questions? Well, uh, I mean, whatever you guys are talking about, I can just kind of fall in. You know, we you know, you know the, pretty well. the
2: the big The big talks that we've been having is obviously Washington. You know, when do they blow it up? John Wall's got a. Huge Huge contract that if they move it this year, they got to pay back fifteen to that nineteen he gets this year. So he probably goes in the off season. Brad Beal looks like the biggest suitor. Uh, you got teams like LA that could really use a Brad Beal with how open that West kind of looks. Uh, I don't know, like what what kind of an, Let me ask you this, sir. Uh, in in the midst of all this, what's been kind of your mindset watching this first quarter of our
1: NBA season? Uh, well. Look, it's cool the freedom of movement thing was all right, but I'm getting to the point where I'm damn near gonna be cranky old man, you be brownish, where it's like, look, man, we either gotta move that three point line back or we just gotta get rid of it entirely. Like this is making the game into something I'm not really too happy with. It's it's run, cut, shoot three and freedom of movement to the fullest. You can't touch anybody. And I, I don't yeah, I don't know, man. I'm not so happy do you, who, about that part. Who do you root for? Who's who's your go-to when uh, when the heart wants to turn on the NBA? Oh, I, I watch all games. So, you know, I watch anybody. I, I'm down here in Atlanta, so I'll even watch them as they're rebuilding it, kind of tanking. But NBA basketball is NBA basketball. Even with me criticizing it the way I am, I still do watch it. It is good. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's definitely yep. a good product. I do watch it. But you know, that's just my criticism of it. Is, but, is, uh, yeah, the, the, is the Hawks your team? Though, yep, John Wall. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm a transplant. No, okay. I'm a transplant to Atlanta. So, you know, you, you support him or whatever, but it, it is what it is. But the John <laughs> Wall thing is weird. Okay, the team is bad. Uh, they don't have any chemistry. Him and Bill, like, they never got along. Like, you remember those quotes early on where he was like, yeah, uh, that's my sidekick. And Brandon <laughs> Field was like, "Do what? <laughs> so the, that was always going to be a problem. So, but the, like you said, with that deal, you probably can't move Wall, and then Wall is the closest thing to a franchise player. So why not move Bill and keep Wall and try to rebuild it again? But Scott Brooks was never the answer anyway. I don't know why they convinced themselves of that. But you should be able to get something for Bill. Uh, I doubt you can move Otto Porter and, like you said, the John Wall situation. So you kind of go from there, man. Get back some young pieces and, and try to see if you can do something else. But I I mean, look, John Wall is de- definitely not as bad as people are making him out to be. You know what I mean? He's still a quality point guard, really, really fast. Yep, I and agree. You should be able to do some things with him. It's 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 hard when you
2: look at the fact that okay, if you're you know, the the, the biggest probably easy suitor that we kind of talked about today was if you're the LA Lakers Can you move once December 15 hits and all the contracts are official? Can you move KCP? um, You'd attach Brandon Ingram to be the piece, you know, and then, you know, something else has to go with it to make the money work. And then you throw a pick in for Brad Beal. Is Brad Beal, as your number two with LeBron, good enough to succeed in this West? Now, to be fair, you probably say no because Golden State's Golden State. But when you really look at it, I mean, the Lakers, they've they've won 8 of 10. They've figured out how to play. The number one seed in this whole conference is Portland, who they've already beaten twice. By the way, Milwaukee 143, Portland 100 tonight. Giannis bitch slapped them. Uh, So Portland does not seem like the number one seed to me whatsoever. You know, if you add Brad Beal, the thing that makes the most sense to me with him going there is the amount of looks he get. he's going to get with the way that Lonzo and, and LeBron are moving that ball. Now you can get a guy like Josh Hart out there who's going to get looks with Brad Beal coming off that second unit. You got Kyle Kuzma who's going to get a lot of looks. It's just a matter of what Washington's willing to give up. You brought up the John Wall thing, and I think the hard part with John Wall is unless you want to try to move him to New Orleans where he can play with Calipari's, uh, you know, in the same system as Anthony Davis, he's getting 38 next year, 41, 44, and 47 the following year. And you bring up Otto Porter, and we, you know, myself and Nick were talking the same thing. How do you do something with Otto Porter when that dude's making almost $82 million over the next three years? Who's going to pay Otto Porter that?
1: Yeah, uh, and remember, this was a Brooklyn problem. I think they gave gave him an offer sheet, and Washington had the match, and it probably took him outside of what the actual market for Otto Porter was. So, I mean, he's overpaid to a degree. So, I I think you can keep Otto. And, I mean, he's still young, too, so you kind of roll with it. That'll be okay. But the issue becomes, what do you get back from Bill? And, you know, what else can you really put around John Wall going forward? With the Lakers, though, the thing is, Man, those dudes are so young. Like, it's real easy to say, "Yeah, just add Brandon Ingram or add Kuzma," but those dudes are really young, and you may regret moving them. That's exactly. One thing, man. That's what Unless scares it's me. about Anthony Davis, then it's you know, it's whatever. Everybody can go.
2: Well, so, so I'll ask you this one. This is this is another one that me and Nick were pondering over. If if the if Dale Demps calls calls you, you're Rob Polinka, I'm Dale Demps, and I say, look. I'm going to move Anthony Davis because he's not taking the max. We can't get anything for him. This is in the off season. I'll give you Anthony Davis, but I want Josh Hart, Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, and two first round picks. Are you willing Done. to give up all of no. that? You do it? You no. do it for Davis? Yeah.
1: Yeah, you do it. And
2: that's no where I'm there. I'm back and forth on it. And, and like, I see 100% where, where you say do it because, look, what if the kids don't, you know, don't pan out? Anthony Davis is Anthony Davis. He's a freak. Nick brought up a good point that you look at Anthony Davis, the first four years of his, of, his, of his career, he didn't even get to 70 games. The last couple of years, he missed about 10 games with in-game injuries. So he does have issues. So there is back and forth with it. But I think my big kicker is if you go into the offseason and you sign Kevin Durant, who's already been on film when he's walked away from Draymond on the court, and you can read his lips saying, you don't have to complain, I won't be here next year. If you have Kevin Durant and LeBron James, then I'm all for pulling that trigger and getting Anthony Davis on that team.
1: Because Honestly, (laughs) if I I do all that and get Anthony, I really wouldn't want Durant at that point, because how are you going to put the roster together as far as spare parts? With Anthony and LeBron, you're already cutting it close and you're going to have to really, you know, kind of get some veteran guys to come in on the minimum and make a couple of moves that are just kind of smart. But I, you gotta look I at don't this, really though. Chase, I don't chase Durant. If I got AD if – they, if they get AD, I don't even chase Durant.
2: You, you look at Anthony Davis going into next season will be the last of his current contract. He's only making $27 million. So you only have to match the $27 million, which you can do easily in a couple of those contracts. If you sign Kevin Durant, you still have another $8 million, depending what Durant signs at, to sign players. Who's to say some of these guys aren't going to go,
1: look, I'll come play for the minimum? Yeah, but okay, put it like this. If you have LeBron and Anthony Davis, at that point, yeah. it's, it's less about all-star team and it's more about fit, the guys that you're going to get around them. And, you know, sometimes you're going to spend up a little bit on some of those guys. So I just think I I wouldn't even chase KD at that point because I don't think that that even meshes well when you add KD there. Like, I, I want Anthony, at, uh, you know, from free throw line extended all the way to the rack, and I want LeBron kind of, you know, playing the top of the circle and the the three-point wing and controlling things. And from there, I just space it out with, with players I, I want to add you had KD to that mix I I I think that's a little too much. I think it's overkill and at that point you've kind of I What do know. you do with your thirty nine you million? Yourself.
2: I mean Oh, this way do you
1: Do you do you go, <laughs> Hey,
2: let's let's take Eric Bledsoe who's a clutch sports guy. Do you really want to pay Eric Bledsoe twenty million dollars?
1: Uh for them, yes. For them um, yes. Other places so, no he's not working. For them he wouldn't. So
2: you got Bledsoe and you got Lonzo, you let I'm assuming you're letting Rondo walk. Do you, yeah. do you do you throw a um, a big contract at a guy like Tobias Harris? Um, do you do you give Marc Gasol a look on things? Harrison Barnes. That's see. That's the only problem is there's not you get you you get rid of Butler, you get rid of Clay Thompson, you get rid of Jimmy. You know, like I said, Butler, Thomas, uh, Clay Thompson. Yeah, but you, you get rid like, of Kawhi. Like
1: said, this this is all with 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 AD signs. I'm saying you don't need these big. Splash signings. Once you have LeBron and and Anthony Davis, agreed. Like, like I think we've seen Steph and, and KD together, and I think we're not understanding how significant it would be if LeBron and Anthony were on the same team.
0: Like Very it's joking. game
1: over at that point. Like it's yeah it's a wrap. Do, it's do healthy, you try to do
2: you try to bring a guy like Julius Randle back?
1: Hmm, I, I doubt the. Pelicans would part with him because because of, of his age, and he would be kind of looked at as one of their value assets. But
2: because cause uh, he signed a one and one for eighteen million, so so Randall can opt out and bounce. So I mean, yeah. he could be sitting there. Um, a, a guy, a guy Nick mentioned, very good defensively. Patrick Beverly's sitting there. You bring in a guy like that? Do you bring Trevor Ariza back to LA? I
1: I don't want Patrick Beverly inside my practice facility on the day to day (laughs) with high caliber players. (laughs) Like, no. Keep your Timberlands on, and you go play somewhere else. I don't want you around people, man. Like (laughs) that dude. You know that dude, man.
2: uh... Nick, you've been a little shallow as, as we've been we've been chatting. Uh, 404. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't get your name, man. What, what's your name too, man. We've just been calling you 404. Oh, Nas. Naj uh, g- g- Glad you called. Glad you called. You know, I just, I just wanted to get that out there because I realized we didn't, you know, we didn't connect with that. Um, but you know, Nick, as we're wrapping up here, where, what do you think out of this whole situation? Because you know, the second I anybody mentions Lakers, I jump and I'll jump as high as you want me to. Where do you go? If you bring an AD, do you want Kevin Durant? Do you want to go elsewhere? I mean, what do you do with that money?
0: Yeah, well, I think if you bring it, if you have any possibility to get, you know, LeBron, Durant, and uh, Anthony Davis all on the same team, I mean, I mean, you do it. I mean, because ultimately, like I said, when you got – and I still believe this. I still believe LeBron James is going to retire as a Cleveland Cavalier. I see this as a four-year um, – the contract he has – um, You know, it's basically a four-year window to win a championship. And if you have all the cards lining up where you can get LeBron, Durant, and, and Davis all in the same, you know, all in the mix, um, I think that you got a team that could finally, um, you know, like I said, unseat Golden State as the best team in the league. So I think you do Go-
2: Golden State uh just losing to the Thunder 123-95. three ninety five. First four game losing streak under Steve Kerr. Now as all we got you as we're wrapping up. Appreciate you calling in here. Does Kevin
1: Durant walk at the end of the season? Uh I think so, man. I, I think, you know, he's a he's a guy who holds on the slights. And I think, you know, some of that stuff has been too much. Uh, His championships kind of feel devalued because people didn't appreciate him to a degree because he joined on to a super team. So I could see him going somewhere else and saying, I'm going to do it my way, which kind of leads to the idea of I doubt KD would kind of humble himself to the point to go be under LeBron. Because that would be looked at in the same way. And that dude has, you know, he is really sensitive about what people think. Uh, you know, the infamous him responding to people on Twitter and stuff like that, ghost accounts and all of that. So, yeah, I, I don't think he would <laughs> ever want to play under LeBron James and be seen as kind of taking an easy road again. But, I, yeah, yeah, Golden State, yeah, I think he's out.
2: I I kind of see so, too. And I think it's one of those things where as, as much as Draymond Green has a great point where he says – you know, we did win without you, and we had already got there.
1: Look, well, what you're in the parking up. lot crying, calling that man <laughs> after you lost game seven. Now, <laughs> know, man. Like, like Draymond got to kind of chill with that. Like, you're the one who's making that phone call, bro. <laughs> it, it's
2: so true. And and here's the problem is any single franchise is going to take him over you. Sorry, but it's just the way it is, man. Just the way it is here. Yeah. Hey, hey, Naz, I'm going to throw you on mute here for the last minute. Thanks for calling in, man. Call back next time you see us, man. It was a pleasure chatting with you. Uh, appreciate oh, you getting same. in there. I'll do that. That was All a good time. Naz from uh, Atlanta calling in. Hagenberg, as always, it was a pleasure talking some NBA for the last two hours. A lot of fun. We'll have to do just an NBA show again here uh, as we get closer to the midseason season. Kind of talk about aware what's happening with them. If anybody hasn't already, obviously Strong Style Media. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Radio TuneIn, Player FM. We're on iHeartRadio. We're now on Spotify. We're on everything you got. Hit us up. Follow us. Once again, thanks, Nas calling at the end of the show. Nick, one bold prediction for the end of the season. Doesn't matter what it is, but just give me a bold prediction.
0: Man, one bold prediction. Um, Oh, wow, this is tough. I think uh, one bold prediction is that – before I ask this, is is, is, uh, Anthony Davis' contract up at the end of the year? He has one more year. One more year. Okay, well, I think – I guess my bold prediction would be I think that – I think both John Wall – and Anthony Davis are on uh, different teams by the end of the year. Ooh, I like that.
2: Just as much as I do not like looking at Vince Carter in an Atlanta Hawks jersey. Ick. Yeah. He looks gross. <laughs> Nick, man, it's a pleasure. Thanks for calling in. We're going to get another NBA show here coming up soon. It's a lot of fun. We'll be back here, Wrestlecast coming up one of these one of these next days here because we got like seven shows to review. It's ridiculous. Um, had a lot of fun, man. I'm glad we made this work. I'm glad we talked about this the other day. Uh, we'll chat soon. Um, please don't kick my ass too bad in the in the uh, fantasy playoffs with your uh, oh. team that is looking unstoppable.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a been a good year. So let's keep it rolling. I'm. Um,
2: I'm uh, as of right now. I play Jovan, and you play the winner of that. So uh, don't hurt well, yeah, me too nice much.
0: Tra- yeah, nice trade you pulled off, by the way. That I said hey, I, before you go. Nice trade you pulled off. That
2: totally let, flees him
0: there. I can't believe it.
2: Let me say this, by the way. Today or yesterday, when I was walking around the Apache Mall in Rochester, here, Rochester, Minnesota, I got the alert. Of that trade. I had, I had said to help you out, I will give you Kenny Galladay or Tyler Boyd, and you can give me your worst receiver to try to help you out a little bit. Now, mind you, to be fair, Ezekiel Elliott is outscoring Todd Gurley these last two weeks, which scares me off to death that he's going to finish stronger and ruin me in the playoffs. But he's the one who wanted Eric Ebron, who I only picked up to replace Gronk.
0: I had nothing oh, to do with that. God. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you can't be chasing guys that only get touchdowns I mean, I mean, I'm not saying Eric Ebron's a scrub He's a hell of a tight end, hell of a player But, I mean, yes, I mean just look at the all game play, It's all last time. week, it's last last week even a, He didn't even have one catch last week Oh my God I, see, uh, it's, Whatever I, I, You know what, I'm not going you know, to I'm not going to diss anybody in our fantasy league But, like I said, you have three <laughs> seats in there I can't believe it it's, I, 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 I almost <laughs> oh, I can't believe what? it I, I'm, I'm at a loss of words it's it's, uh, it's 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 like a Herschel Walker trade almost It's almost, that, did, you see that you almost it's terrible.
2: did you say you almost vetoed it?
0: I almost vetoed it I almost hit the button to veto it I can't believe it Oh, what are you, Elijah? It's league <laughs> Considering it's a keeper league, you get, come on, like, it's a PPR league. You get Todd Gurley over Elliott. That's obvious. Yeah, like, uh, I get to keep,
2: uh, Todd Gurley's like a fifth round keeper for me.
0: Whatever. Whatever. I, 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 I let's just say this. I, I, let's say this. For the whole, for the sake of the rest of the league, I hope Jeff Fisher gets his job back next year there because that's about the only <laughs> way that's – oh, it's
2: terrible. I, yeah. I get, I get Todd Gurley as like a fifth round keeper and I get Le'Veon
0: Bell next year. Ah, uh, sickening. Absolutely and then sickening. I
2: still am going to get my second, third, fourth round draft picks.
0: Ridiculous, That's sickening. I,
2: <laughs> nothing else. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the, you know what? You know what? My big thing is uh, the first round buy. As opposed to you, do you see who has the other buy in our in our league?
0: I did. I did. Good for him,
2: <laughs> Demetrius I, Burrell. I'm going to play this <laughs> time as a. Freaking buy! I'm gonna play
0: this year. I'm gonna play this year. After I thought he was gonna quit last year. After I thought last year was gonna be the last. After this is my last year. saying that last year. See, that's and why you he don't didn't quit.
2: quit. And that he was it. to not quit. He's seven and four, and he has a freaking first round buy. That makes me sick.
0: <laughs> He's came a long way from drafting Vernon Davis in the fourth round and Robert Turbin late in the draft. I'm proud of him. He came. He, he came a long way.
2: Oh my God, that's so funny! I I'm I'm at a loss for words. <laughs> Nick, it's always a pleasure, sir. I'm glad you came on and we uh we got to banter and chat and have some fun and we'll uh we'll talk again soon. We got to get together and watch some football before the season's over. For sure. All right, man. We'll see you, Forecast Radio. Have a good one, guys.